like a distant memory. Away podcast starting off with some Arctic monkeys on a Friday episode uh, for the live people. Apologize for the tardiness. All the podcasts used to start on time before I had kids and then kids and then time meant nothing. Um, speaking of time, an old timer, Ozzy Osbourne crushing kanye right now we'll explain why wolf blitzer almost blows chunks on cnn live on the air that was a fun one to watch i'll have the clip for you uh vince mcmahon's got some more accusations stacking up against him we got to update john drake we got to update john tucker and vlad uh what was the next topic i can't remember and neither can joe biden see it's just a bit and seen uh biden's memory apparently not doing all that well and the brothel mom hunter maybe the most fun and bizarre story of the podcast and we have saved it for last all that and more is coming up on this remember when i did that i can't remember thing that was good i enjoyed that it's gonna make the highlight reel i think Ozzy Osbourne versus Kanye West. It is uh, trending right now, blowing up as we speak. About two hours ago or so, Ozzy Osbourne sent out a scathing tweet. I mean, it was a tweet, but I feel like if we were like a news outlet, if we were like mainstream media, we'd be like, the scathing tweet from Ozzy Osbourne. Although I will tell you, he does rip rip, uh, Kanye. He says, and I quote, Kanye asked permission to sample a section of a 1983 live performance of Iron Man from the U.S. Festival without vocals and was refused permission because he is an anti-Semite. Ozzy, tearing tearing him down. Anti-Semite. Next thing you know, the dentists are going to want their own schools. All right, enough of the Seinfeld references, Ant. Come on, serious journalism. Pull it in. Um, Because he is an anti-Semite and has caused untold heartache to many. He went ahead and used the sample anyway at his album listening party last night. I want no association with this man. I, you know, listen, I know Ozzy's up there in age. I just don't think that you should mess with the Prince of Darkness at any age. You know what I'm saying? When you get the nickname the Prince of Darkness, when one of your legacy historical moments is biting the head off of a bat, maybe don't pick a fight with that guy. Maybe leave that guy alone a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's like, eh, I'm not going to bother that person a little. If he says no to me taking his song, then... I won't take a song. That's what I'm just saying. I don't, I don't know if I would do that. I don't know if there's going to be anything else to follow, or I don't know if he can sue him. I don't know what Kanye's thinking either, because, you know, it's like you definitely need permission. You can be sued. You know, you could be, I mean, I guess he's got a ton of money. He doesn't really care. I just think Kanye needs help. I think Kanye needs a nap, some help, you know, some medical assistance with the, the mentalness. And um, a nap. Did I mention a nap? A nap can go a long way. Let's not act like naps aren't helpful. They're pretty stellar. They are pretty stellar. I love a good nap. I love a good nap. Ye can F off, says Paul. Uh, Robin, I've seen Ozzy a few times. 
Every, but I have, n- I've never seen Ozzy. Everybody I know who has seen Ozzy, up and until the last tour, which is, I don't even know how old. I'll say the same thing. The guy still has it. The guy still has it. Uh-oh. 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 Bird got her ex account suspended today, but it was worth it. I'm still giggling. Was it a funny comment? Or did uh, your significant other talk about showing their butthole too much? Because that happened to somebody I know. Me. Cuddles got us kicked off of TikTok Live because of the butthole uh, remarks. And I don't know if we're ever going back, to be honest with you. Uh, Wolf Blitzer was doing an interview with somebody who I can only assume has uh, the body of children buried in his backyard. I mean, this guy is such a creeper. I don't know who it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I've seen him before on CNN. He has very strange hair. He has the kind of hair that looks like somebody drew on their iPad. You know, you just like draw a marker iPad, you know, iPad marker like on something. That's what it looks like. He's a correspondent. He's contributed to CNN before. I know that. But man, he weirds out your old pal aunt. I don't care for him. And he was uh, involved in this clip because Wolf Blitzer was talking to him. They were discussing. I don't even know who gives a shit. It's CNN. And uh, Wolf, I want you to, I'm going to play the clip for you. This is on Nick Gilroy's X account. So credit him for filming his TV um, or from Kimberly as it's credit on X here. I'm bringing it up on the screen for everybody. He just, he, he keep a look on his face here. He just kind of, it looks like he's about to, to like blow chunks. Oh, here we go. Nice and big. Look at that. Okay. Keep Weird haired pedophile guys talking. Wolf's just thinking, I need a bucket. I need a bucket. I need a bucket. Tried to say something. Don't open your mouth, Wolf. It's going to come out. Breathe. Breathe. Lean forward a little bit. Act calm. Eyes are going down. Lots of swallowing. Lots of swallowing. Oh, baby, swallow it, Wolf. Keep it in. Then we get a little, ooh, ooh, little jowl movement. Ooh, little jowl movement. Ooh, oh, that was like, whoa. <laughs> and then they cut to this guy. Look how creepy his hair is. What are those? Are those hair follicles or tree trunks? Honestly, it's the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. And then this guy doesn't even stop talking. He doesn't shut up and then watch this. Boom, they're going to cut right to commercial in the middle of pedophile hair's statement. He's in the middle of a sentence. And then they just go right, boom, right to commercial. (laughs) That's the best clip I've seen all day. It's the best clip that I have seen all day. Well, I did see Drake's penis. But other than that, that one was just a... Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Uh hey and the guy talking to Wolf is recovering from cancer. I feel like I'm gonna throw up now. I wish I would have known that. Where were you five seconds ago, Paul? Where were you before I started saying the insensitive things to the cancer recovery person? That feels rough. Feel I'm gonna have to. Do a handwritten apology after the show for that one. 
I hope he doesn't see my... So is that a wig? Is he wearing a wig then? Because I'm going to feel bad about that for the rest of the weekend. Uh, the only thing that could help me is the bet I put on the Super Bowl for five grand. Don't tell my wife. That pans out. I'll probably get over it. But if it doesn't, I'm going to be in a world of trouble. I am going to be in a world of trouble. Um... All right, so I'm sorry if that guy is recovering from something. He still weirds me out, though. Cancer, cancer or no cancer. I hope he's okay, unless he is uh, burying children in his backyard. I don't know. Um, if he is, then I hope he's not okay. If he isn't, then I hope he is okay. And scene. I think I'm just going to go with that to get me out of jams for the rest of the night. Uh, CNN said that uh, Wolf was okay, that he wasn't feeling all that well. Let's let the elderly host get the night off. I don't know what it is about this country, but we just want to see people work until they just walk right into a grave. Joe Biden, Wolf Blitzer. I mean, why can't, whatever happened to retirement? Do these people know that that's an option? You stop working? I'm half the age of these sons of bitches, and I'm trying to retire every single day. I keep asking Cuddles the same thing. Can I retire? Have we, did I reach, oh, do we have it? And uh, she's like, we don't have it now, and we're not going to have it for quite some time. Quite some time. Uh, Robin says Raskin is great. Well, then what's his first name then? Because I'm going to say uh, between, <laughs> between Robin and Paul, nobody has said this dude's first name, unless Raskin is his first name. Um, I don't think you guys know his first name. I think you're just like, I think that's that Raskin dude. <laughs> and I'm just saying that to try and make myself feel better for making fun of him. For making what potentially could be a really embarrassing situation for myself. Um, I don't really, the talking head people, I'm getting sick of them. You know, I'm really getting sick, sick of them. Nikki Haley wants to move retirement up to 70. See, you can't say that. Because I feel like half this country is people like over the age of 60 who literally have nothing to do other than be involved in politics and then vote. You know, like you get your 30 year olds and your 40 year olds and your 50 year olds, maybe a little bit in there. 20 year olds, maybe a little in there. We've all got stuff going on. We all got things cooking. We can't be watching every Fox News, CNN. We can't be reading every article. We can't be voting every day. You know, we just can't be doing it. But those old people can. And then if you're going to go ahead and tell them, hey, you got to work a couple more years, that's, I don't, I don't think you're going to win many elections. I really don't. All right, finally, somebody, Jamie Raskin. Thank you, Miss Justice. Thank you. Even TD Freelancer knows it. I'm going to go ahead and say that Paul and Robin don't. <laughs> um, Paul, he's a Demo he's Democratic, so Anthony is not a fan. <laughs> I know I'm doing my job right when Paul gives me a hard time. And then when Paul gives me a hard time for giving Democrats a hard time, I know I'm doing my job right. And then when I go ahead and I check Twitter and Glenn's giving me a hard time for giving the Republicans a hard time, when those two are still on my ass, then I know we're doing okay. <laughs> That's when I know we're doing okay. Um all right, let's go over to Vince McMahon. This guy, this is kind of sad. I didn't want to do this story on the, um, uh, I didn't want to do this story on a Friday. This is not a fun Friday story. 
Uh, but worth saying, because I get uh, more angry at Vince McMahon every time some of these things come out. And this was really, in particular, pretty upsetting. Um, there's another allegation against him <clears throat> and the WWE. And it comes from a young lady named Ashley Massaro. And unfortunately, back in 2019, Ashley Massaro took her own life. Uh, which was very, very sad. But she was a WWE star, and she claimed in uh, affidavits shortly before taking her own life that um, McMahon preyed on female wrestlers and destroyed her career after turning down his advances. Um, she accused McMahon uh, and other WWE executives of covering up an alleged R-word, can't say it on social anymore. All our content gets put down, so we have to say our word. You know what it is. Um, reminds with uh, rhymes with ape. Um, this happened at an army base in Kuwait, and honestly, it's one of the worst. I mean, one of the worst things that I've ever heard. I mean, I didn't really. I feel like all uh, all assault is bad. I didn't think that there were levels to it. Um, this is this is a level. This is a new level. In a previously unreleased statement uh, that she gave to her lawyers before her death, which was obtained by Vice News, Massaro alleged that McMahon propositioned her for sex. The statement was not included in a lawsuit Massaro and others filed against the WWE because the case concerned concussions. Uh, however, it surfaced just a few days after authorities launched an investigation into sex trafficking allegation, allegations leveled against McMahon by former WWE staffer Janelle Grant, uh, who sued the longtime wrestling kingpin uh, last? Who sued the longtime wrestling kingpin last month? Excuse me. That was the big case that we uh, talked about a couple of shows ago, uh, when we all started talking about the Vince McMahon stuff. McMahon then resigns from this uh, the uh, WWE as chairman. Uh, he has denied all of Grant's allegations. Um, Several outlets have reached out to McMahon, WWE, TKO. They have all uh, not commented. Massaro's statement before her death painted a terrifying image of McMahon as a sexual predator. Uh, in the statement, she said, I felt extraordinarily uncomfortable, alleging that McMahon repeatedly called her to invite her to come to his hotel room alone late at night. She said, quote, he began calling the room phone and my cell phone nonstop. Macero joined the WWE in 2005, was released in 2008, and alleged that McMahon was seen making out with female wrestlers in the locker room and that he sexually harassed her. When she rejected his overtures, Macero alleged that McMahon wrote demeaning scripts for her to perform. Uh, the scripts, uh, Macero alleged, were designed to ruin her reputation and end her career. In a sworn affidavit, also alleging that McMahon and another WWE executive named in Grant's lawsuit, John Laurinaitis, told her to keep quiet about the alleged assault that took place on the Army base in 2006. So she says she was drugged and R-worded by a man who claimed to be a U.S. Army doctor while she was on tour with the WWE in Kuwait. Uh, in the sworn affidavit released by her lawyer, the woman guarded the a woman guarded the door while the man proceeded to inject me with a drug that caused me to be unable to move my body or to scream. She was not at all knocked out during the entire ordeal. So she was 
conscious and awake, but paralyzed, essentially. Couldn't move while it was happening. I didn't think that, again, when you think about assault, I'm using assault because it's the safe word because I can't use the R word. When you think about that, you don't think that it could be any worse than just that alone and here you go. You know, I mean, it just not being able to move at all and being totally conscious of it. I mean, being drugged and knocked out is not good, but at least there's some safety there in your mind. Of course, not being knocked out or drugged at all, also not great, but I feel like just when you just can't move and you're just conscious for it all, you can't even like muster up a scream. I mean, that's a, that's a nightmare. I mean, literally, when you think about it, like those are most of my nightmares. I'm like, I can't move. I can't scream. I'm just like stuck there. I don't have somebody on top of me. Uh, and that's a nightmare alone. I hate that feeling. I just hate it. Thinking about it right now, I hate it. So I can't imagine what this young lady went through. I mean, it's certainly just terrible. Just absolutely terrible. Uh, she recalled in the in the in the in the in the depth in the document that it was violent too. It was a violent one. Just awful. Um the Naval Criminal Intelligence Service, the NCIS, launched an investigation into Massaro's claims. That investigation was closed in 2020, according to Vice News. Massaro alleged in her affidavit that McMahon, Laurinaitis, and other executives at the WWE offices in Stamford, Connecticut told her to keep it quiet and not to jeopardize as not to jeopardize the company's relationship with the US military. Awful. Uh, Ms. Arrow said that she reported what happened to a WWE doctor uh, who then told WWE executives who soon thereafter met with Massaro to apologize for their negligence, but persuaded her that it would be best not to report it to the appropriate authorities. I mean, I just can't believe it. In court papers filed in 2016, Massaro, the WWE called Massaro's allegations stale and baseless and denied Massaro had ever reported any sort of assault to anyone affiliated with the WWE. Uh, Laurenitis's lawyer, Edward Brennan, told Vice News, any allegations that Mr. Laurenitis helped cover up an alleged sexual assault allegation is an outright lie. Johnny, like most upper-level management, at some time became aware of the allegations and ensured all proper WWE protocols were followed, including privacy for the alleged victim. We object to the use of the term cover-up as no such plan or plot ever took place to hide or assist in the alleged sexual assault. <clears throat> so there's the story there. Um, everybody, yeah, awful, horrendous, it's terrible. Like Cosby, I don't know, Paul, I did he, I feel like he knocked people out, he drugged them. I don't know if he drugged them and kept them awake. I mean, that seems like a, you gotta, I, you gotta kinda know what you're doing to, to get that accomplished. I don't know. It feels like you got to kind of know what's going on to get the proper mix of whatever to, or know what kind of drug does that or whatever the case may be. I don't know, but it's just terrible. And then she takes her life. I mean, you know, you're, you're almost not surprised to hear, you know, how this all wound up. But just the idea of whether, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things in there. What really aggravated me was the whole making out with in pursuit. Like, if McMahon was just like a, like harassing all these people, it kind of bothers me because I really don't think at a company that size you can get away with that without people really knowing, which kind of enrages me even more. You know, it's one thing if it's happening 
and it's quiet or maybe one or two people know. I just feel like when you're in a business of performers and people who like to support performers, I feel like that's a very coffee clutch rumor kind of a talky crowd. And if one thing is happening or this behavior is going on, I can't help but think there's not just murmurs going through the whole organization of, did you hear what I saw or what happened or what somebody told me they saw? You know what I mean? I mean, I just, you know, I don't know. And you're such a public figure. I really hate, it really drives me crazy when powerful men do this for several reasons. Um, but one is, you know, when you look at a person like McMahon, and certainly this is not the biggest one, but when you look at a person like McMahon, he's responsible for a lot of lives. I mean, a lot of lives. You know, when you're in that position, you have to be better than everybody. You know, you shouldn't be succumbing to temptation, cheating on your wife or, you know, being excessively drunk and doing dr like you've got to be great. You know, you've got to be on it all the time because not only are you responsible for your family, your loved ones, right? You're responsible for your coworkers, you're responsible for the people who work for you. You're responsible for their significant others, their children, their families. You know, they're all living off of this thing that you've created. You owe it to them to be a decent human being and not a piece of shit, you know? And so it really drives me crazy. Like one, the, the obviously goes without saying the behavior is reprehensible, but to gamble with everybody's lives, to take advantage of all that, you know, all these people, you know, listen, the wrestlers are one thing, right? They're sacrificing their, their bodies. They're putting it all on the line. They're, they're, you know, sac they're risking major injury, but you know, there's people that build a ring and put the lights up and get the sound go. Like, I'm sure there's people that are working 12, 14 hour days to make sure that these shows go off without a hitch. And you, son of a bitch, are going to be back there trying to, you know, get a nut off and, and make somebody uncomfortable and harass them and risk the whole fucking thing. Come on. Like, you know, give me a break. It drives me nuts to, 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 to hear that part of it. You know? I mean, am I the only one? Am I alone on that? It's one thing to have one person be a piece of shit to somebody else and harass them. That's bad in its own right. When you're in a position of power and you're responsible for other people and you're just gambling that shit, you're just gambling that shit just because you can't control yourself, you know, for, for, you know, let the moment, the urge pass. I mean, you just don't, don't be a piece of shit. It's not that hard. A lot of people go around without being a piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? It's not really that hard when you think about it. It's pretty easy not to be a scumbag. I guess just not for some people. Uh, Paul's probably right here. Sexual predators don't think like that. Especially because, you know, it, it drives me even more crazy when it's, when you're in a profession or a situation where it's like one in a trillion anyway, right? Like, it's not easy to become a lawyer, but there are millions of lawyers, right? Like it's just, there's millions of lawyers. It's not easy to become a doctor. There's millions of doctors. 
it's probably not easy to become a plumber or an electrician to be really good at it, but there's millions of them walking around. When you create a wrestling company, you know, like I know that pro wrestling existed before him, but look at what he created out of nothing. That's a one and a trillion job. It's a one in a trillion job. How many other people, like, where's the other person that created a global marketing empire based off of professional wrestling? Name the other person. Because the only other person that ever came close was Ted Turner, and he bought his way into it, and he couldn't hang for more than whatever he had it for, five years, 10 years, right? I mean, that's a one in a trillion job. When you look at the head coach of a football team, there's only of the like if you're I'm talking about an NFL head coach, there are only 32 of them that exist on the planet. 32. That is it. Million lawyers, 32 NFL head coaches. You get that job, you should be working your ass off, not worried about, oh, who can I harass today? How dare you? After everybody in your life your partner, your kids, your mom and dad, your aunts and uncles, they probably sacrificed all their lives so that you could play football or study football or be in football. And then you're just going to go piss that away because you can't eat. Because you, I mean, it seems crazy to me to do that. Absolutely crazy. You have these people who just have such responsibility and they just piss it away. It's just, I can't wrap my head around it clearly. Um, it was brought to my attention that on the last episode, I might have excessively talked about Drake's penis. <laughs> and it may or may not have been brought to, been brought to my attention by people I've married. Um, people who've birthed me when mom called and it's like it was a lot on the penis uh a lot of penis talk <laughs> my mom's like you know i'm in a a bridge club and some of those people watch the podcast and i go i fired right back at her i don't i go well how many of them watch the drake video because that's what you should be asking them you know what i'm saying like <laughs> fucking robin drake the snake <laughs> Drake the Snake Roberts. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Sarah, can it be excessive? I'm not sure. I'll tell you what is excessive, and that ain't me talking about Drake's penis. It's Drake's penis is what's excessive. Have you seen that thing? There's my mom on the phone. She's like, eh, it felt like 35 minutes. I go, you know what's longer than 35 minutes, mom? Drake's penis. Okay. And now... I go, his penis is so big, it's got me saying penis to my mother more than once. I mean, the whole thing is awful. It's absolutely awful. Um, now I have an hysterical woman in the live chat who wants me to show a meme that she created. I, isn't your name in this? Uh, or in your husband's picture? I don't, I shouldn't be sharing this with people. Are you sure? And it's not, can I be honest with you? Okay, here's the problem with Janine. She has the worst, most unflattering photograph of her husband as her husband's contact picture. I mean, I swear to God, it's just, 
You know what I'm saying? It's just crazy. Block his photo there. It's a what am I going to do? Production work? Well, I'm, I'm doing a show here. I don't know how to edit this while I'm doing this. Anyway, I apologize if I talk, if I went on and on about Blake's, Blake, about Drake's penis. Um, but, um, I mean, I'll never unsee it. I'll never unsee it. Uh, I want to thank Laura for finally sending it over to me. Because what I, and the highlight that we put out, if you follow us on all the social channels, Instagram, TikTok. By the way, follow us on TikTok. Follow the podcast on the TikTok. I think we're at Anthony Radio on TikTok. Search that out. Follow us. You need the link. It's at anthonyonair.com. Should be easy to remember that. It's the name of the podcast. Just go to anthonyonair.com. Click on social. Hit TikTok. Follow. Watch the, it's important to follow us on TikTok because I could put full clips out there. If people watch the Drake penis highlight, they only got 90 seconds of me talking about it. There was well over three minutes of highlights in there. I mean, highlights, aces, I mean, swishes, including Robin's wonderful third, third uh, leg tour, uh, third tour leg, rather. Beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. Uh, all that's on there. So follow us on the TikTok for that stuff. What I'm saying is, is you're getting more, you're getting more funny condensed into a little nugget on the TikTok than you are on the, uh, on the Instagram. But um, it, listen, I mean, I saw it when I finally saw it. Thank you to Laura. It's crazy. Now, if you go on our Instagram, I know I just told you to go to TikTok, follow me here. If you go on our Instagram, you have to put pictures up, like cover photos up. And I covered his mm -mm, with a little censored box. But if you look at it, you can see the top of it peeking out like a turtle emerging from his shell. Find out what's going on, you know, like a groundhog. Or a gopher, if you will, just coming up just to see what's happening up here. That thing was so, it just outshined the tip of the, the top of the, you see the tip of the top of the box, sensor box. When, um, when Laura emailed me the photo of Drake's penis and I opened it, I dropped my phone because it was so big. It was too, it made my phone too heavy. It instantly added weight to the telephone that I was holding in my hand. That's how ridiculous it was. I mean, it was utterly ridiculous. Just to clarify, we're not banned from TikTok. We still have a TikTok account. We're banned from going live on TikTok. That's where you get in trouble if you say butthole too many times. Is And not asshole, butthole was the actual term. Um... Oh, this is the kindest thing anybody's ever sent to me. Aunt, you make a great turtle. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, not because of you, Janine. We didn't get banned from TikTok. We got banned from TikTok Live because of the other foul-mouthed woman on this program. That would be Cuddles. We all know I wasn't talking about Erin. She's very well-spoken. She is very well-spoken. Um, oh, okay, I can't. Okay, here's the meme... 
Here's the meme that JSAPS created that she is very proud of. I guess her husband texted her a video of her child's feet. I'm not entirely sure what's happening there. And she just wrote, thank God he's got quality, a quality in common with Drake. I think she's saying her husband has a huge missile in his pants. I just don't know if there's ever been one as big as Drake. And I can't help but wonder if maybe it's fake. I just feel like, you know, oh, he dressed her for the dance? Is that what happened? What? See, here's how stupid I is. Did he do it bad? I don't understand. What's the problem? Because you could see her skin? Is that not supposed to be? Did he put that on backwards? Oh, I get it. That's how this goes, question mark. All right. Is this I'm not a I'm not a dancer. Is this a malfunction? Or is that not supposed to look like that? <laughs> then I'm sorry, because I thought he did a good job. I was just gonna say, Why are you bringing it so hard on the guy? I think he did a good job. He got it in there. <laughs> Heard it was as big as a Buick Skylock. I would do justice to that impression. Goddamn Robin, you're on fire. You are on fire. Drake's penis is as big as a 1964 Pontiac Tempest. <laughs> no, the defense is wrong. It's called disclosure, you dickhead. Well, it took me 45 minutes to get there. Um, he tried. See, TD Freelancer says that's sweet. See, I mean. JSAPS is just out here all thirsty, bragging that her husband's got a big penis. Like, nobody else in the podcast has a big penis. Nobody else in the podcast has a big penis. Um, well, anyway, that's the Drake update. My mom had to call me and ask me to stop talking about other grown men's penises. I said, if I was gay, would you be having this conversation with me? She said, yeah. She says, I don't want you talking about anybody's vagina either, to be honest. She goes, doesn't really matter. what It just feels like a lot to be talking about genitals. I was like, I forgot you were born a long time ago. You don't really, you never really went out and discussed genitals amongst your friends. Um, supposedly, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they did back then. I'm not quite sure. The, the 60s were a crazy time. Does that alarm anybody else? When you look at a time, or like the 70s, when you look at a time period and you're like, oh, my mom was 28, 30 in the 70s. Oh, no. You know, you're just, just, uh, I don't know. Starts to not feel, you're like, oh, peace and love. And like when you see all those people at Woodstock all naked, taking uh, mud baths and throwing mud on each other, you're like, look at these crazy people. It's like half of everybody's mom. I bet you six, six moms and dads were in that crowd that day and uh, that are watching and participating on this podcast right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to talk about penis or vagina with my mom. That's, but I hope, I hope everybody here appreciates the sacrifice, the sacrifice that I'm making on a daily basis. Uh, Tucker and uh, Vlad, uh, full disclosure, I went to go watch the Tucker and Vladimir uh, Putin interview, and I saw that it was two hours, and I just thought to myself, I would rather do anything else. I'd rather call my mom and bring up the Drake penis conversation again, 
that have to sit here and watch this and watch the two assholes talk to each other. You know, I mean, that's hard to do for two hours straight. It just is. It's just, I don't know. I don't know how much asshole I can take. And now to have two of them be like, asshole, 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 asshole. You know, I just, it's a lot. It's a lot. And then there's like a translator. And I don't know if the translator's an asshole or not. Maybe he is because he works for Putin. Maybe he's being forced. I'm not entirely sure. But it's like, asshole, asshole. And then they have to wait for the translation. And then that guy comes in in his best asshole impersonation of the other asshole. He's like, asshole, asshole, asshole. And then the asshole's like, asshole, asshole, asshole. And then the guy's like, asshole, 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 asshole. You know, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's two hours. Although I did willingly give myself over to shorts on YouTube and TikTok to watch a couple of clips. Full disclosure. Uh, <clears throat> I feel about it now the way I felt about it before I got to see the interview. I think the idea of going to interview this guy is nothing wrong with it. It's noble. Tucker happened to get it. A lot of other people tried for it. But at the same time, he got it for a reason. And do I think Tucker asked some tough questions? I do. He can't deny that he did. Did he let him off the ropes a lot? He did. No, I get it. You got a bunch of things you want to ask, but there's got to be that one thing. Here's how this interview is successful to, for Tucker Carlson. If Vladimir, uh, uh, I keep wanting to say Smolinsky. Why am I thinking that? Um, if Vladimir Putin gets up and walks away, that's how you know Tucker Carlson's done a good job. And uh, I don't believe that that occurred. So he kind of like let him slide. And, you know, he kind of let him spread a lot of bullshit around, you know, like, one question I saw was, you know, Putin claims that 18 months ago they had a, a peace treaty between the Ukraine and him and Boris Johnson stopped it. Like, who on what planet is going to believe that? Now, I wouldn't piss on this Boris Johnson if he's on fire. I don't give a shit about him. But the idea that any country was going to stop a war for no reason, he, he offered zero reason. It's kind of a stupid premise. Now you can say ant military industrial complex. Okay, I buy into that. That's fine. But I just don't think that you could be in a summit of countries with other people in the room and be the problem, you know, and be like, uh, I know we're England and we're like arm in arm with the U.S. and trying to keep peace everywhere. But let's just, stop, you know, we got to make money. with. I just I just don't buy it. Um, Like. Is it possible? Could I buy it? Yeah. But do I buy more that the dictator piece of shit never agreed? Yes. That's the one I buy more. And I buy it way more. Just way more. That's what I could believe. Not so much the other one. So, like, you know, he and he kind of questioned him about it. And then he would just kind of, like, let him off the ropes. So, you know, listen, he's not going to win the Nobel Peace Prize for this interview. And I would love to give him more credit than the itty bitty some little credit that I'm giving him for at least answering the tough questions. But if I believed in my heart of hearts that Tucker Carlson went over there to be a journalist, I would give him a lot of credit. But again, what's more plausible is that Tucker Carlson went over there to get more followers 
and to get more clout. He clout chased his way over there, essentially just to pat himself on the back and increase his business. Now, listen, as an independent podcast on our own, who we are a small business too, I can appreciate anybody's effort to do that. I don't want to take anybody down for, for trying to do it really well. But I, if put in that position, would have not gone. Or I would have done the job really, really well. Because Tucker's thinking to himself at the end of the day, well, I get a bunch more signups on my site. I get a bunch more, you know, um, fees. Or I'll get a bunch more press from all the other outlets. That's what he's thinking about, you know? And to sacrifice that, to give that asshole a platform, not worth it, you know? Like if if he interviewed anybody else and any other outlandish interview that he could have gotten, good for him. If he increases his subscribers and viewers, then great. Good for you, buddy. You know, but you don't do that when you're messing with a world stage that involves innocent people's lives, you know? Because he's sitting there and he's going, Putin's going, Boris Johnson, you know, he, you know, he changed the thing. He goes, we have the document. The uh, the Ukraine representative initialed it and signed the document, but Boris Johnson stopped it. It's like, well, then why not go back and try and get it? And then he was like, well, it was, you know, it's, it's too late now. We're too far gone. Like, no, are you? Because usually you come up with a point and you're like, we could probably put a stop to this. You know, we could probably put a stop to this. So again, it's like when you're handling a dictator, you gotta really, you can't just be like, okay, okay, here's another question. You know, like you, you gotta really stop, you know. I saw another exchange when, um, when uh, he asked him about, I forget, one of the journalists he has as hostage prisoner over there, uh, you know, because he's accused him of being part of the CIA. So Tucker pressed him on that a little bit. You know, and he was like, he's just a journalist and you got him locked up. And he's like, no, Putin was like, no, he was receiving classified documents. And Tucker's like, no, he wasn't. Everybody knows he wasn't. You know, he, he so he gave him, you know, he got in there set up with him a little bit. But overall, you know, you got to kind of really and I get it. He wants to walk out of the room. I get it. Right. I mean, there is no real guarantee there. Um, even if you got security, you know, you know, anything can happen with these crazy, these guys crazy, fucking Putin's crazy. He's a fucking dictator. It's crazy. Um, but you know, if you go in, here's the thing, here's the thing. And I'm sorry, but this is true. And most war correspondents will tell you this. You go into a situation like that. You should be prepared to die flat out. You should be prepared to die. Our soldiers don't have a choice, right? They go into those situations, I mean, not interviews, but they go into foreign areas and dangerous situations. They know they can die. And they're there for it anyway. They're willing to push it to the max. They're willing to die for the person next to them. They're willing to die for the people back at home, right? That's why soldiers jump on grenades and jump in front of bullets and do all these kinds of crazy heroic things that they do, God bless them. Because they're willing to leave it all out on the field. They're willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice. As a journalist who takes that job, you should be willing to be fucking hauled off into a Russian prison and, and in prison for four months, uh, for four years, 
if you're going to take that fucking interview. And there is no way that Tucker Carlson would do that. And that's why I can't give him more credit because he just, you know, he just didn't go for it as much as he should have, as much as anybody should have when you take that responsibility of taking on an interview like that, you know? Plus, I mean, there's always the idea of we just have Drake on zip and his penis unravels all the way to St. Petersburg and you just hop on and you climb away and you pull it back up before any any of the bad guys can get there. <clears throat> now that sounds crazy, but I want you to send that over to Christopher Nolan because I think we got some, or Michael Bay. It just doesn't matter at this point. It's, it's just all explosions and crazy effects, except for Drake's penis, of course. That cannot be recreated through science or technology. Um, President Biden's memory. So Merrick Garland did a, um, you know, an investigation into Joe Biden and the documents that he had at his house and all that stuff. Um, handpicked Robert Hur, special counsel, to investigate into the whole thing, try and find it all out, come up with it. And the the basically the investigation, which found that he had documents in his basement and shit like that. He was saying he had it there for his memoirs while they were investigating more. He found out that he couldn't really remember a lot of things. And this was back in before he was president. This is back in 2016. This is after he left the White House as vice president. Um, it's been a shit show for the last couple of days that he's not of mental capacity. I mean, should anybody be surprised at that? Now, he got mad today at a press conference and he he started, you know, going back at people, you know. Um, but I mean, we can all listen, he's an old guy with a stutter. So you get a lot of, a lot of that is kind of like, oh, everybody takes some of his stuttering issues and is like, see, he doesn't know what the fuck he's saying. You know, he calls people by the wrong name, but everybody's grandpa and uncle does that. They're granted they're not running the country with a finger on the button, but we just had an unhinged guy. What's wrong with a little bit of a, uh, uh, you know, uh, a memory, you know, lapsed. What's wrong with an old guy who can't remember shit? I mean, we just had one. We just had a crazy unhinged person. Now we got an old guy who can't remember shit. And we're going to go back to the crazy unhinged person, it seems. You know, so what difference does it make? It's not a big deal anymore. You just let him fucking, you know, whatever. You just let him whatever. I don't know. Listen, here's the thing about a president. And again, we, we tested the shit out of this theory with Trump. Because in the last 30 days of that man's presidency, he was not there that guy stopped running that country shortly after um he lost the election december was kind of a, a wash then into january with all the january 6th stuff and no i mean the whole thank god for pence because he or you know or i should say thank god for the machine because that too was running our country at you know 2022 2020 into 2021 um, so we already know that if, if the driver or the old bus there goes cuckoo, we'll be all right, which I think is probably maybe happening right now. You know, I think it's probably happening at this moment with, uh, with Biden, the, the machine, the, the party, whatever the, the administration, not the party, the administration probably running shit, you know, probably running shit. Um, Paul, the Trumps have re repeatedly pled the fifth 
and said, I don't recall hundreds of times under oath. Yeah, but that's not because they can't remember. That's because they don't want to tell the truth and get in trouble. That's two different things. <laughs> that's two different things. <laughs> talking about talking about memory. They know. They 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 recall. What are they gonna say? Yeah, we 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 stole a bunch of money. Yeah, we did that. That was us. That was us overvaluing our company. And they're never gonna do that. You're mistaking them for moral people. Um, but the fact remains that we're probably on some really thin ice with the president here. And, you know, you get this report coming out. He was up there today. I mean, at least he, he went in front of the firing squad today and took questions and did the whole thing, but they're pretty angry and upset over it. Uh, they really don't, um, they really don't like any of that. Uh, the special counsel determined that President Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials after leaving office as vice president in 2016. The records kept by Biden include documents on military and foreign policy in Afghanistan, as well as other natural, excuse me, other national security and foreign policy issues. Biden kept the classified documents in part to assist at the writing of his memoirs, according to a report. Biden told the ghostwriter in 2017. Uh, in a conversation that he had, just found all the classified stuff downstairs. Despite his findings, Hur's 388-page report recommended that the president not face any charges. Special counsel noted that Biden would likely present himself to a jury as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory if he were to face trial. Um, so looks like, as we said before, they all kind of kept documents which they really shouldn't have, especially in garages and in closets where people were, you know, working there. I mean, clearly, whoever is handling this, I think, I think everybody's going to take a closer look at the president exiting um, after the last, after this one and the last one. Well, then Obama has, I mean, they can take stuff and if they do it the right way, and the difference between Biden, I know if Frank was here, he would say the difference between Biden and Trump is Biden give it back right away which is true, um, but they're all holding shit. And clearly we got to tighten up this part of the old government. We got to look, open up the hood of this part of the government, get in there and fix it all up a little bit there, you know? Um, so I don't know, you know, until, until Joe Biden pulls a, who's the turtle guy? Until Biden pulls a McConnell. People are going to vote for him. You know, people are going to vote for him. And again, we're deciding between the guy who can't remember and the guy who's like just nuts and unhinged. I, which one do you pick your poison? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. It's, it's, you know, thank goodness that we have administrations to really, really run shit. You know, I mean, that's who's doing it. And that's okay. You know, that's what, you know, president goes and flies. President sleeps. Shit keeps going. We can deal with it. You know, you take six hours with the president while he sleeps. Hey, you take eight. You take a couple months. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? All right, last topic. And this one, this is a little crazy to me. This is a little crazy to me. Now, I, I have pretty good good experience with overbearing moms. Moms who perhaps worry too much. I know we got a couple moms in the live chat. Perhaps you can help me with this. There's a woman who works in a brothel who claims that moms pay her to deflower their clueless sons. That's why I call her the brothel mom hunter. She's out there. I mean, it's a heck of a marketing plan when you think about it. 
she's out there marketing herself to moms who have sons who can't seem to put it all together. And uh, she's like, ah, yeah, swing a bike, bring a couple uh, hundred. I'll take care of it. She's licensed. So, you know, and she, uh, you know, um, she says moms pay her to take out their clueless virgin sons. And then, uh, you know, do the deed afterwards. Her name is Ariel Little. She's 33. She works at Chicken Ranch, which is a licensed legal brothel in Pahrump, Nevada. Pahrump. P-A-H-R-U-M-P. Pahrump, pum, pum. <laughs> Negotiate with mum. Um... She says she ventures outside of those erotic establishments to offer her inexperienced clients a full winning and dining experience. Little told Kennedy News, moms are sending their sons to me ahead of Valentine's Day to get their first experience under their belt. They're reaching out from a place of care and concern, wanting to make their make sure their kid essentially doesn't become bitter and negative towards women. They get in touch because their kids have never connected with women for whatever reason. Now, much like other moms, their intentions are always great. Very rarely you have a mom who doesn't have great intentions. They don't want their kids, to, their sons to be negative towards women. Well, isn't that wonderful? Let me pay somebody to sleep with them. I don't know if that's going to help. Intentions are good. Results, I'm not so sure. Not so sure about that. Pa-rum-pum-pum-pump. Negotiate with mum. I don't know. I have to have a conversation with my wife because my I've seen my wife do things that I would never do. Mainly wipe a booger off of there, off of my son's face. Um, wipe poop out of his butt. Things that I would never imagine. I could never imagine doing. Cheese right in there. I could never imagine paying a hooker for him. And uh, I'll have to check with her. Because, again, she I've seen her with her bare hands take a booger. You know when you get a booger? You know, when a booger makes its way, like somebody who doesn't want to fall off a building. They're just, just a booger kind of whoop, falls right over the edge and hangs right on top of the nose. I've seen her with bare hands just, whoop, just pick that up and give it one of these into the trash. And I remember, because it was the last thing I saw before I vomited and passed out. This is how gross it was. Ariel explained that some of these men are introverted and never uh, started their dating or sex lives. She welcomes mothers who book appointments with her for their sons. So as long as it's consensual and the person is aware that this is what they are getting as a present. I mean, I guess that's important. You don't want to fool them and have them find out one day your mom had to pay for your first time because that would probably be devastating. You probably want to, it's probably a little bit of an easier blow if you know that going in. Uh, Little explained that getting to sit and go out on a date is a truly first experience for them. So it's stressful and nerve wracking to help ease these men into the world of dating. Uh, she organizes a practice date to set them up with the skills they're going to need to be successful in relationships in the future. She said, I've had guys asking in a mocked up first date situation for some of these gentlemen, they've not even had their first kiss. 
I think it's really beneficial to have that first experience with someone who is more experienced because they're not going to be any judgment. See, that's funny because I feel like the other person who doesn't know what they're doing, they're nervous too, and they're not going to judge. I mean, I don't know. That was, you know, that's, that's first time I kissed somebody. It wasn't a prostitute. It was somebody else. who was their first kiss, you know? So, uh, how do we know the other person's bad? It's the first time. We don't know. I think that, I think kind of feels like that's the natural way. I might be wrong. You tell me if I'm crazy. It's possible. Um, I feel like I feel like that whole I'm not going to judge you is a lie because she is. She's like, this is terrible, but I'm getting paid for it. The like, judgment's still there. She may be professional enough not to say it out loud, but she's still thinking it. Whereas the other inexperienced person is not going to know, you know. I kissed a woman once. It was so awful. It was terrible. I don't want to say too much on this. Let's just say a really big relationship ended in her life. A really big one. And your old pal lamp became the first rebound situation. And when this woman leaned over to kiss me, within three seconds of the kiss... I rushed to so much judgment. In my head, I said, oh, this is why her marriage ended. Oops, I shouldn't have said that. Um, okay, well, now you know the story. But like within three seconds of a harmless, like in the car, end of the first date, maybe second, I don't even know. Hang, well, it doesn't, it's insignificant. In the car, make out to go and thanks for everything. Within three seconds, I go, oh, this is why your marriage ended. If this is how bad you kiss somebody, I, I, I don't think you could be good at anything else. I, I just, that, I feel horrible for saying this. I really regret bringing this up because I hope this person doesn't see this video. Although, I guess somebody should tell them at some point. Now, thank you, Mercury, for being a support system for me. I've been there, Ant. I appreciate that. I appreciate that because it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. It's, I mean, it just weird erratic movements. There was a tooth involved at some, I mean, I, and then here's the second thought I had. I swear to you, I have no reason to lie to you. After I go, oh, this is why her marriage ended. I said to myself, I have to peek open my eyes. Because I couldn't tell if she was just fucking with me. Like if she was like, oh, let me, because that's something I would do. I mean, if I, if I had the confidence, <laughs> if I was a confident person who didn't feel like I was about to lose every girl I ever was with, <laughs> I would have definitely, I would love to fuck with people. Like that would have been, like would have been, and they go, ah, I got you. You know, that's hilarious. Because that, that was what I thought. Like, oh, it can't be this bad. She's doing a bit. Let me open my, let me peek open my eyes to see if she's like staring back at me. Like, isn't this funny, you stupid idiot? No. 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 <laughs> Lots of slobber. Yep. Yep. When you when you come out of the kiss and you go, now, well, that was nice. 
It wasn't. When you have to wipe under your chin because you finally know what it's like to kiss Beethoven the dog. And just, you know, I mean, I mean, Sybil, it comes naturally. You can't fake it. That's what I, that's what I think. I feel, again, I don't, not one to criticize moms because I like living. It's two people you don't take on in this world, moms and Taylor Swift fans. There's too many of them. They are very, very strong in their beliefs. You're not going to change them. And they really do have nice intentions. They're not wrong people. They're not bad people, right? But you don't take them on. Um, but I can't help but think that it would be better for your weirdo son to find somebody who's equally as weird and just fucking figure it out. That's really what you got to do. There's, there's almost kind of an importance to it. There's that animal instinct of, I don't know what to do, but I kind of know what to do. You know, like we all have that in us, right? We just have it in us. We're people. We're almost a virus to a degree. We're just, we know how to just recreate, you know, how to procreate, I should say. Um, so, and Paul brings up a good point. Hookers don't kiss. I guess this one does. I guess if you pay, this one does. Well, here's the other thing I was thinking about too, as I was pondering this story earlier. She's kind of a genius for a multitude of reasons. And the number one thing that came to my mind was, you know, if you're paying, if you're being paid to be a hooker, you know, that might be a tough profession for a lot of people. Uh, but when you think about what she has done, she has figured out a way to find the people that in no way, shape or form will last for more than six seconds. So much like the Beatles, when you, put all their catalog of work together, you realize, although great, not long, very, very short. I feel like she was probably listening to Sergeant Pepper when she thought, if I could only sleep with just virgins so we can just get this over with quickly. Um, and she kind of came up with it. She's like, I know I'll target their crazy mothers. <laughs> You know, I just don't know if I grew up with a lot of moms that would pay for uh, their son to go to a brothel. I just don't know. I know it's a storyline, right? I know people have written that shit into movies. Um, I just don't know anybody who really, you know, this is good. This is talk about turnover. Hi, oh, that's a good one from Paul. That turnover and turnover. I got it. That's good. Um, holding hands is very intimate. Another thing the bad makeout girl couldn't do. It was very, sorry, where they were like, there was like two fingers in where there should have been one. I mean, the whole thing was, don't bring me back there. I can't, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Anyway, yeah, she's got a, you know, she's in there, I don't know, three, four minutes. I mean, the worst part must be the date. I mean, she's probably getting some life experience. I would, I'd read her book. And by read her book, I mean, I'd listen to it on audio tape. Um, but I just don't know. I mean, that's, I don't know moms are doing the right thing there. I just don't. There's something wonderful about, you know, all those firsts, like the, like, uh, like you said, holding hands are intimate. Remember the first time a, a boy or girl held your hand? 
you know, and that that first feeling of like, oh, this is not, again, it's that animal. It's innocent, right? It's just hand holding, but it's that animal instinct of, oh, I I want to hold that person's hand, or oh, this is nice, you know. When you discover that thing, and it's just like, oh, this is wonderful. You know, it's kind of the same thing with making out with somebody. Kind of gross when you think about it, but you just go, oh, this is cool. This is exciting. You know, <laughs> Miss Justice, were they man hands? No, they were man hands. I don't know what's worse anymore, though. Man hands on a woman or those Courtney slash Chloe, I can't remember, Kardashian, really thin, long Crypt Keeper hands. I don't know which one I fear more. Just both so very uncomfortable. You know, very uncomfortable with all of it. Uh, Sybil's Sybil hears me because again, I think you're just going to give your son a complex if you're like, Oh, you can't do this. Well, we'll just pay for it. I just, I think there's a lot of levels where that's not good, right? And Aunt Becky can tell you that she's just like, Oh, I can't get my kid, can't get into that school. We'll just pay for it. Like, it doesn't really ever work out. You know, you got to get out there and you got to earn that stuff. Again, this is another place. Telling rich people the truth, I feel like could be a good job for me. And I feel like there's money there. But I'd also love to get it. I also like to get in there with an introvert. Just be like, what's going on, buddy? You know, why can't... I'll tell you what's the better thing. Get him some pals. He needs buds. Because pals and buds will eventually get you laid. You know, that'll eventually get you making out with somebody or on a date. Pals and buds can do very well. You know, get them some pals and buds. Start with a friend. That's the thing. Before you get a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, start with a friend. I feel like this could all be in my speech. I need one of those douchebaggy, Mike, those, you ever see the motivational guys? You know what I'm saying? Before you get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, get a friend. Buy my five-point system available now. You know, they got the little, it's always the little microphone that ends here. And it's just, like how is that how is this size thing how do they i don't know how it all works uh and it was chloe kardashian boy those things it was like she had 10 mini drake penises on her it's just you're like I, that shouldn't be that long very long it's very long um what was i talking about oh get him buds and pals you need buds and pals you need idiots around you, you know, to be like, to do stupid things. And for, I'm talking from a man's perspective. That's all I have. But I was surrounded with idiots and I would come up with something stupid. Like, okay, go ask that girl to dance. And the other idiots would be like, oh, you should do that. It's a good idea. You should ask her to do You know, it's just, we're just, there's, oh, she didn't want to dance with me. And you, there's your buds and pals. <laughs> we knew she was going to dance with you, stupid. You know, I mean, you need buds and pals. You just need it. They get you through everything. You know, um, good point, Paul. Remember, Madman wasn't he raising a brothel? Yeah, look how fucked up he was. Look at how fucked up Don Draper was. That guy couldn't put it together, man. Guy just couldn't fucking be anywhere. Spoiler alert: the last episode of Mad Men. Mute it right now if you don't want to hear this. Was essentially like all my recurring nightmares. Remember we talked about nightmares and dreams. And mine is I'm getting dressed for the hockey game or I'm getting dressed for the play. And I just can't get there. I'm talking to this one. I'm like, I'm putting something on. Then I take a break. I go get a drink. I talk to that one. You know, and it's just never his 
if you watch the three like women in his life, his daughter, his wife, right? The whole he's talking to all of them on the phone. He just he can't get out of that place he's in. He just can't get there. You know, he's trying to leave. He says he's gonna make it. He's gonna trying to be the hero. He just doesn't. He's selfish. He's a piece of shit. At the end of the day, and he never goes. You know, he's just got one excuse or reason or another. He just never, he just never gets there. He never fully makes it. It's like a nightmare. That's that's all of my nightmares. That's all of it. Don Draper never got over that shit because he was raised in a brothel. So brothels, you know, maybe not a great place for to for building up confidence. I really don't believe it is so. Speaking of which, what was the brothel show on HBO with the, the ball dude who wound up dying? Whatever that was, in one of those episodes, a mom brings in her son to do that. I remember that. I just, just, you just shook that memory loose in my head. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy. I don't know how these people are doing it. Oh, we could put the volume back up now. Volume back up. <laughs> Paul muted, didn't see the last season. All right, good. I'm glad you muted. Watch it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I've actually been dying to watch this. these motherfuckers in streaming. I swear to you. They're driving me up a wall. They're the ones like, oh, isn't cable bad? Now they're becoming worse than cable. I'm like, I really want to watch Mad Men. I just cannot pay for another streaming. I just got back to paying for Peacock. After I said I was never going to pay for that again. And now I'm paying for that. I'm on, like, I'm on six of them. And now I'm like, I would love to watch Don Draper, the Don Draper show again whatever it was called, Mad Men, thank you, and I'm like, I'm gonna go, uh, where is the streaming, okay, now it's only streaming on AMC+, Plus because they're the ones who had the show originally, and they're like, fuck you guys, we're not letting this go, this the only reason why people are watching our shit, we're keeping this this son of a bitch, so they kept the Don, the Don Draper show, so I have to watch it there, so I gotta pay for another streaming service, and then I was like, you know what, I'm gonna pay $8.99 for stupid AMC, I'm gonna forget to cancel it, it's going to cost me $140 two years from now when I finally remember what the hell it is. Bunny Ranch. Thanks, Robin. Appreciate that. Who is this one? The Chicken Ranch? What's going on over there in Vegas that they can't fucking name a brothel? Does it have to be some kind of isle, uh, pig? Uh, come on over to the pig ranch here. You're like, pig? I don't want to fucking... What do I want to... I'm trying to get a brothel. Where's the brothels? Oh, no, no. That's what we are. We're... Well, then call yourself that. Why are you calling yourself the pig ranch? Why the chicken cross the road ranch? What kind of lady are you interested in? I don't even know what's going on over there. Are they all huffing paint out in pump pump pump? It's driving me nuts right now. I can't stand it. Chicken ranch, bunny ranch, donkey ranch. When will it end? When will it end? I'm going to tell you something right now. I've had this dream ever since seven seconds ago. I'm going to move to Nevada. And I'm going to open up a brothel. And while you're out there trying to decide between Bunny Ranch and Chicken Ranch and Donkey Ranch, I'm going to call my brothel Horse Blue Cheese. Because as we all know, what's better than ranch? Blue cheese. And what did a horse ever do to anybody except prance and win races? and give little girls something to do on Saturday mornings between the ages of six and 10. You know, they like doing a lot of horseback riding. 
Uh, horses are beautiful. So horse blue cheese. And I'm going to be like, we're just, we're amazing. And so much better than all the ranches. Mic drop. Mic drop. Why get ranch when you could have blue cheese? I'm gonna, my ad campaign is going to be like, you don't put ranch on your wings like a psychopath, do you? You go for blue cheese. Come visit Horse Blue Cheese. Uh, bring your mom for negotiations, and it's all going to be great. We're all going to have a grand old time. Um, last topic, which is not on the board, but I will give you a Flix picks and pay attention to this because this Flix picks I'm going to share with you was so great and so wonderful. I'm comfortable of saying in February, it might be the best thing we see all year. I have no reason to believe that we are going to do any better. Now you're just like, oh, is this the greatest movie of all time? No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. It was pretty good. And I'm not sure we're going to do much better than this. Over on Netflix. Um, it popped up in the beginning for me, but you might have to go to the documentary section, maybe. Wow, I can't, I'm just checking Netflix because I'm like, this has gotta be um this has gotta be in the top ten, and it's not. I can't believe it's not. That's so surprising to me. All right, AOA Flix picks. Go over to Netflix and watch The Greatest Night in Pop. It is a 90-minute documentary on the night that they taped the song We Are the World back in the early 80s. It is spectacular. For you young people who don't know, um, in the 80s, they grabbed all the big pop stars. I mean, imagine Taylor Swift and Beyonce and Eminem and uh, Michael Buble and Adele and Lady Gaga. You name it. You name it. Jay-Z, they all just went into a studio and recorded a song together. I mean, it doesn't happen anymore. In the 80s, it happened actually quite often. Got a little tiring after a while. But this is only the second time they did it. They did the Christmas song with uh, Do They Know It's Christmas at All? And then they did this, and it is all the big stars of the day, Michael Jackson, uh, Huey Lewis, um, uh, Lionel Richie. I mean, you just name it. And they they all caught together, like 60 artists, and they all came into the studio in one night, and they recorded this song. And the story is unbelievable. Because it sounds like, all right, they walked in and they did it. What's the big fucking deal? But the the way they got there is truly unbelievable. And it's all it was all for a great cause back in the day. They were trying to end famine in Africa. And you just see just this unbelievable footage of Michael Jackson, how they created this song, which has become an iconic piece of music culture. To watch legends like Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder and just all these people sit there without an ego and record this song and who's got solos and who doesn't and what parts are you singing and the harmonies and this and that, all this stuff. It's insane for 90 minutes. You just sit there and you're like, this is unbelievable. I can't believe this is how they did it. When you, when you, when you watch it, you're going to come out of it and go, I can't believe this is how they did it. I can't believe this is how they did it. And there's, there's some like sad part. There's a sad part. It may not be a huge sad part, but it was really sad for me. There are funny parts. 
There are interesting parts. I mean, when you have all those people and they're all hugely successful and wonderful artists and they're going, ah, maybe this way, that way, like to watch them do that and figure out who's taking the lead and all, you know, and the producers and the, and the guys who recorded it and the mic techs and the, the, the people who filmed it because they filmed the documentary, you know, on it. It's all so unbelievable. The greatest night in pop. Uh, 90-minute documentary on Netflix. That's my AOA Flix picks for this weekend. You got to watch it this weekend. It is so worth it, especially, you know, if you grew up in any part of the 80s or if you're nostalgic for the 80s, it's you're going to be so thrilled with it, you know? It does start a little slow, but after a while, when you get in the room with them, you're like, what is going to happen here? What have we not heard about? Over the last 40 years, it's so thrilling and so wonderful. Cuddles and I both loved it. Anyway, Flix Picks, watch it this weekend on Netflix. Do they know about extension cords at all? Um, to watch them, like, should we take, should we do this word? Should we do that word? Should we put that there and this there? And then you have such an unbelievably limited amount of time to get it done. Kind of a spoiler alert there. It's like, do you, do, you know, what, you know, how do they all, it's just so good. It's just so good. The greatest line of pop watch on Netflix now. Can't encourage you enough. All right. That's it for us. Um, appreciate you guys on the hang. Two solo shows this week. Oh, my dear Lord. Everybody, good night and have a great weekend and a wonderful weekend. Love to everyone. Quote from Bird. I, I reiterate, I believe the same. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Have a wonderful Super Bowl. We got a recipe from Jay Sabs. We'll throw up on the site if you're looking for something good to make for the Super Bowl this weekend. Uh, I might even put out some of my football bets for you guys to follow along if that'll make it more interesting for you. Until then, we'll see you on Monday. Unless I hit that parlay. Then you'll never hear from me again. Show me potato salad. Maybe we should go now. Go ahead.